Hey there, and welcome to your weekly episode of I Didn't Sign Up For This with Allison Casanova and myself, Jade Shaw. We are both licensed marriage and family therapists here in the Bay Area of California. Whether you're a practitioner yourself or just interested in topics around mental health and therapy, join us here for some real and honest conversations. Please note that this podcast is not a replacement for therapy or medical advice. Any questions about your specific situation should be directed to your own therapist or primary care physician. Thank you for listening. Welcome to I Didn't Sign Up For This. Today, uh, we chose the topic of communication, mostly because it is super important to have good communication in our relationships, and it's probably the most common issue that Jade and I see in our practices. So even if it's not what somebody is originally coming in for, it's always something that kind of comes up in addition to what they came in for originally whether it's you know teens or children saying their parents don't understand them or they don't know how to talk to them or a parent saying they don't understand how to communicate to their teenager um, couples coming in saying they don't understand how to communicate to each other co-workers friends peers it's a pretty big topic and I think it is so important to be able to have that foundation especially with technology kind of encroaching in because I think we think that that adds like a whole separate layer to the issues in communication that people might already be having. Mm-hmm. Yeah I mean communication is something that we engage in mostly every day at least so super important and often overlooked right I think that we all sort of get into our own habits of the ways that we communicate and so we're not always stepping back to look at our habits and how we're actually communicating and engaging with other people so one thing that we wanted to just quickly address is what is communication because when we say the word i think everybody sort of knows what we're talking about but just to look a little bit deeper and really pinpoint that communication isn't just talking it's not just what we're saying but it's how we're listening right and how we're preparing to respond or even our body language right it's all the messages that we're giving and receiving so it incorporates much more than just what we're verbalizing and it's your tone too on top of Mm -hmm. all that i think if you if you really break it down it is a lot more than i think we we really give ourselves credit for because there's first you have to be when you're having a conversation with somebody you have to kind of manage what what they're saying and how they sound when they're saying it and how they look when they're saying it but then you also have to manage how you think they're trying to talk like what their intention is when they're talking to you and how you think they're thinking about what they're saying and then you're also having to manage what you're saying and how you're showing somebody what you're saying and your perception of what's going on and how you think the other person is thinking about you. And then everybody else around you who's listening, there's just there's so many different components to it. And then there's a subtext of all of it. So it's when someone is saying something, are they being super direct or is there another message underneath it? Yeah, when you put it that way, there's 
a lot happening, right? It's like the ultimate multitask. We're constantly surveying and analyzing and assessing. And I'm glad you brought up like the people around you too, because I think that happens like are they listening or what do they think about what I'm saying or, um, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because I think it's, it's something that we overlook as a, a social, like a, a, a intelligence thing, right? Because everybody, I feel like the common idea is everybody should quote unquote know how to interact with one another, but it's the same as being smart academically some of this stuff just doesn't come supernatural to everybody and so sometimes Mm -hmm. it can create more anxiety as a result Mm -hmm. and to consider too that the way that we communicate does sort of change over time right we're communicating differently when we're toddlers obviously than when than when we're in our 30s and teens are communicating differently with each other and with their family members than you would communicate with family members as, you know, an adult. So it's kind of a cultural thing if you think about it too, because each family mm-hmm. communicates different. So then when you're growing up in that family and you're learning how to communicate in that way, then you have to find out how to communicate in a different family and in your different groups, right? Because everybody has a different way of doing it. And then you go uh-huh. to a different country and then you have to learn how to communicate. <laughs> so there's a lot, there's a lot to it, I think. And the, the main thing to kind of I think takeaway is even though people might be using different words and different ways of getting their message across, if you can really be paying attention to um, what they're, how they're saying it, sometimes that Mm -hmm. can kind of give you a better idea of what their message is and what they're trying to say. Because like Jade said, it's, it's more than just what the words are. It's the tone, it's the body language, it's all of it. Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) which is ironic because when we're talking we can see each other and we can kind of tell um maybe a little bit more of what we're trying to say than you guys can because you can only hear our voice Mm -hmm. yeah I've mentioned in other episodes how the phone is a weird thing for me because I can't see that other person Um, and I think one thing that comes up in communication a lot whether it's on the phone or in person or even like video chat in the way that we record these episodes is silence and how people perceive silence in conversations because that's so uncomfortable, right? Like, what do you do with that? Am I supposed to say something? Like, should I stay quiet? Are they thinking? Are they like, what are they thinking? And if you could see the person in front of you, I think you'd get a little bit more of an understanding as to what's going on because there are clear body signals that somebody is thinking or that somebody (laughs) is maybe mad and needing kind of like a break but when you're over the phone you can't you can't see it or if it's like a text you can't you can't even hear it so it's a lot harder to be able to interpret what's going on what the subtext is Mm -hmm. yeah I remember in grad school we did an exercise where you just had to you partnered up with somebody and then you just had to stare at them in silence for like two minutes And it was so uncomfortable. Everybody was like kind of giggly. And then every time we giggled, he would make us start the time over again. So it's just an interesting practice and sort of a reality check that, oh my gosh, silence is really a big part of communication. And 
something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, but I think it's a really necessary thing too. It is. And sometimes two people take a little bit longer to process kind of what they're trying to say and to formulate how they want to say it. And so when you don't give them that silence to be able to do that, sometimes you don't end up understanding them to the full extent and getting what you're wanting to understand them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you want to get into the things to avoid? Yeah, so a couple things to maybe avoid or stay away from. One thing is not to to talk when you're angry. Um, and what I mean by that is maybe not not avoid talking, but having a, a constructive conversation. Because when you are angry, it is really, really difficult to continue to communicate in a productive way and find a resolution because you're focused way too much on making your point and and trying to be heard that you're missing out on what the other person is really trying to say and what their point is. And it's just going to continue to be like this never-ending argument. Um, so that's one of, that's my first tip. And the second one is let's pretend you are in an argument and you are able to take a break, making sure that you definitely revisit the conversation when you're ready. Sometimes it's so difficult to restart that conversation that you just avoid it and you never address it. And then there is this underlying problem that continues to sit there. And then it gets put in your pocket and then the next time something comes up, it kind of comes out and now you're even more angry than you were to begin with because now you're you're mad at two different things instead of just the one. So making, making sure you're really taking the time to reconnect and have that conversation as difficult as it may be. That's so true about things building up and like really just sort of stacking on top of each other. I kind of think of it... So I'm a pretty visual person. I kind of think of it as like a full glass of water where Mm. if it's full, the slightest little rumble is going to cause it to overflow, right? But if you're slowly sort of taking sips out of that water or pouring some of that water out, then it's much less likely to overflow and it's much easier to manage. It's kind of funny the different visuals that we come up with to understand things because that visual totally makes sense to me. But the, what I've always envisioned in my head with this is a volcano. Oh. So it's it's very similar. It, uh-huh. They both are very, very good visuals, but it's kind of funny how they're so different and yet they're so similar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to hear more about your volcano one. Well, you know, I mean, you have like one, like a little bit of lava on the bottom, right? That's kind of what's (laughs) pissing you off. (laughs) And then then if it doesn't get resolved, you have something else. So the lava kind of just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you guys can't see me right now, but I'm I'm with my hands making this wonderful. (laughs) It's a very adorable hand volcano here. (laughs) And then if, if nothing ever gets done to kind of subdue this lava there is nowhere for it to go but up right so then it kind of just explodes so it's maybe a little bit more intense than the water (laughs) one but it's the same concept I agree that both make sense to me too Um, and also I wanted to say about not talking when you're angry that is such a good tip because it's so hard to 
get out of our own head and out of our own perspective when we're fueled by our own emotions, I think that nobody likes to be wrong, right? Nobody likes when somebody is saying something that like counters what they believe in. Even if you're okay with it, it's not like the best feeling. So when you're holding on to a lot of emotions, if you're really angry, I think it's even harder to stop and say, okay, yes, I am wrong, or yes, what you're saying does make sense. It's a lot easier to do that when you're in a more calm, sort of level-headed space. But that, I think, goes really well with my first tip, which is to try and avoid interrupting. And this tip is really hard to do if you're angry. (laughs) So it's going to be a lot easier to do if you're talking about it when you're not angry. Of course, nobody likes to be interrupted, but especially if it's a heated conversation and people are interrupting each other, nobody's going to get heard and it's going to be so much harder to resolve that issue or to listen to what the other person is saying and try and understand it and have yourself heard, right? Um, So I would avoid interruptions and I will admit that is a hard thing to do. (laughs) I think we all tend to do it sometimes and partly it's I think it happens more when you can't see the other person because Mm -hmm. you maybe if someone is pausing and you're really into the conversation and you want to add something to it you can kind of start talking and not realize that the other person wasn't finished but then when you're angry you're again in that spot right and you just want to make your point so you really Mm -hmm. don't care what the other person has to say right if they're finished (laughs) and I think so there's that element of um being disrespectful so I mean there's Mm -hmm. the intention maybe is not to be but I think that's what kind of comes across which is why people get mad when you interrupt them Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I think we'll sort of circle back to this in our next like subcategory. But um, for the sake of staying on topic, my second tip would be to be conscious of when in the conversation and how you're using sarcasm. I am a huge fan of sarcasm, but I do think that there's a time and a place for it, right? And if you're having a serious conversation... I think it's normal for people to use sarcasm as sort of a a way to protect themselves in conversations, especially when they're difficult conversations, but it really can sort of add fuel to the fire or it can sort of lead to the other person feeling like they're not listened to and then the communication can just sort of get off track. And this is by no means saying that sarcasm shouldn't be used in conversation or that there's no place for it, but just to be aware of how you're using it and when you're using it and sort of the tone that you're using it with right and even who you're using it with some people don't respond to sarcasm well um, and so to be aware of that yeah I think that it's it's such a good tool because if you use it with the right person it it could be something that you're joking about it could connect you guys together but if Mm -hmm. if you're not using it with the right person in the right circumstance and it's more of a tool to hurt somebody or you're not maybe being super clear in your facial expressions the other person might not understand that it's a joke and Mm -hmm. they might really think that your intention was to hurt them whether that was the case or not Mm mm-hmm yeah, sarcasm is a fine line. I think comedians have a very 
a very difficult job in that respect, right? Because they have to <laughs> they have to walk that line and see, you know, is it too soon to joke about yeah. this? Can I joke about it in a way that is funny and not disrespectful and I won't offend people? And I think you're I mean the truth is you're always gonna offend somebody in that situation, no matter matter um, what you're joking about. Yeah. Comedians have a have a difficult job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't make everybody happy. But I think, too, on the flip side of that, if somebody is using sarcasm with you to take a second and step back and think, okay, are they trying to offend me or could their intention be something different, right? Um, If it's somebody that you're familiar with, you know, consider, okay, I know this person. Is it likely that they're saying something to intentionally upset me or could they be well-intentioned and it's just not coming across that way? Which is a lot easier to do when you're not angry. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All of these things are easier to do when you're not angry. So I think it was really appropriate <laughs> that that was the first tip. It's like really sets the stage. So those are some of the things to avoid when communicating with people. And we also wanted to address some of the positive ways to communicate with people. Some sort of solutions if you're having trouble communicating with somebody. So my first tip for this is to take a second and think about if you're actually listening to what the other person is saying. So often when we're communicating with people, we are putting together what our response is going to be while they're talking, right? So we're not actually listening and taking in what they're saying before we're prepared with what we're going to say next. So next time you're in a conversation and the other person is talking, just listen. Don't think about what you're going to say next. Just listen to what they're saying. And then it's okay to pause and come up with your response and then say what you're going to say. But I think that we miss a lot when we're thinking about our response before they're even done talking. And sometimes a good way to be able to test yourself and see if that is that you really are listening is to be able to try and paraphrase what the person just said and, Mm -hmm. and kind of ask them, you know, because I think if you can do that and they say, yes, that's exactly it. Then you know that you were really listening and Mm -hmm. it makes everybody feel a little bit better. And then you'll have more ability to be able to respond appropriately. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because sometimes when I work with parents, child dyads in therapy, I start with really basic communication skills to the point where it's like, okay, ask her what her favorite color is. Okay, what is your favorite color? My favorite color is purple. And then having them repeat, she said her favorite color is purple, right? And even something simple like that, I think, teaches people how to listen to even the simple things. um, Because we do get in the habit of not listening. And so I do think that if you're able to, like you said, paraphrase and reflect back what that person is saying, then that's a good sign that you did actually hear them. And it might make you feel really uncomfortable when you're doing it. Because if it's not something you're used to doing, it's going to feel really unnatural. Mm-hmm. That's the difficult part of making a change is it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be outside the comfort zone. Um, So my second tip is because so many of us communicate via text message these days, 
my tip is going, it sounds a little bit silly, but I would suggest using emojis when you can. It's hard to truly understand somebody's message when it's just text and you can't see them and you can't hear their tone of voice. And there's many different ways that they could be saying something. So I do think that it helps to, you know, add a smiley face or an angry face or um, a little face that might help clue them into what you're actually saying and the actual meaning behind that. So I was telling Allison about this earlier. When I was an undergrad, um, I was in a research class and we actually did a study on if people were really more likely to understand your message when you used emojis. And we did find that, as you might expect, yes, people were more likely to accurately understand what you were communicating when you used emojis. So they do help. I think that they do help. And even on that, what you just said, I remember reading something somewhere and I don't remember where it was put out, but something with like a correlation between someone who uses emojis and how social they are and how many friends they have. And oh. I can't, I can't remember where it was, but it, it, I think, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it, it means that someone maybe is a little bit better at being able to express themselves and having people understand where they're coming from. The only the only um, downside to that, I think, would be that you never know how someone is going to interpret that emoji. Because I have, I actually have, what therapist doesn't, a feelings chart in their <laughs> office. And mine is actually of emojis. And it's funny because when I sit and stare at them, you know, the ones on your phone don't have what, what it's supposed to be, right? They mm-hmm. just have, like, the, the face and whatever it is. Mine on my wall actually has... Um, what it's supposed to be and I'm looking at it right now and some of them I I have to say I don't actually agree with so I think sometimes they can be interpreted maybe not the way that you want them to so it's important to to if you're not uh and that actually goes on to my tip if you're if you're if you're not sure it's okay to ask for clarification you Mm -hmm. can ask the person what they meant Um, It's not always, it goes both ways. So it's not always up to the person to make sure they're delivering it the right way. Sometimes it's up to you to make sure you're interpreting it the right way too. It goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Text message is just so hard, right? I think even if you know the person that you're talking to, there's sort of a choppiness about text message where you don't always fully finish one conversation before you Mm -hmm. get into another one and so saying something even well-intentioned could seem could seem really abrupt and like oh where did that come from what are they trying to say so it's just a really hard way of communicating it is I think it if you're just trying to say something really quick or you're having a regular conversation it's fine but if it's a serious conversation I think that's where most of the miscommunication comes from And it does seem like a lot of people have those difficult conversations via text because it's almost easier to say things that would be difficult to say in person, right? So there's this like double-edged sword of, oh, well, I can say things easier over text, but then that other person might have a harder time understanding it. Mm -hmm. So that creates sort of another tough part. I find most of the time when you're interpreting someone else's text message, you're going to interpret it the way that you feel. Yeah, 
That's a really good point. I'm gonna have to think about that some more, but yeah, that's, I could definitely see that being true. I'm trying to recall like my own experience with text messages, but I think that's accurate. <laughs> so back to, let's loop back to my last, uh, my last tip is putting your phone down and actually looking at the other person, I think is super important when you are having a conversation with them because it tells them that you think what they have to say is important and that you are listening to them. And if you're trying to multitask and you're on your phone, it's not giving them that impression at all. Yes. And I got to be honest, I'm guilty of this too, right? Just, you know, you go to check the time or go to see why your phone beeped or something. And it, it does, it distracts you from the conversation. And I've also been on the other end of it where I'm trying to talk to somebody and they're checking the time on their phone and they're simultaneously reading an article on their phone. And it, it is like, do I have your attention here? Am I, what a, am I saying something that's not important to you? So it's important to to just kind of be aware of it, right? So, and that's where we were circling back to in the beginning when I introduced it and Jade was talking about what communication even is. And we were talking about like the different subtexts and the different, the different messages. And so what are you, what message are you giving to somebody when you're doing that? So just being aware of that. And is that what you're trying to to tell them and then the other person is having to sit here and think it this is what they're doing is is this what they're trying to tell me too so then there's all those questions and then you have to decide if you're going to ask if you're the person that that's on the other end and then if you are the person doing it trying to clarify so if you are the person who's checking their phone it's okay to say i am so sorry give me one second i just need to to check the time okay we're good and then kind of continue um or hey you know now that we're talking about it there is something there's an article i wanted to show you so i'm going to get on my phone really quick and it might sound kind of silly that you're narrating but you have to remember that you're the only person inside your head the other person is not so they have no idea what you're doing I guess to kind of just wrap everything up, I would say if you can check in and see where you are and if you're in a good space and you feel like the other person had good intentions, you it's a lot easier to just clarify. But if you're not feeling like they're in a good space, sometimes you can kind of just back up and let them do their thing and let them calm down and then kind of come back to it. And if you're not in a good space, it's okay to just kind of pause and come back to it later because when you're in a better space, you can think a little bit more objectively about the conversation and process it a little different and come to maybe a conclusion that you'll probably be a little bit prouder of than if you're not in a good space. Mm-hmm. So being mindful. Yeah, that's a good point. If your future self could see the way that you're responding now, would you be proud of that? <laughs> would you feel good about that? So we, like always, have our our tips for the day. Allison, do you want to go first? Because I think that yours is more relevant to this topic. Mine is a little bit more random. So my tip is, has to do with apologizing. I think so often we become very focused on the blame and who's wrong and who's right. And we forget that the apology that we give doesn't necessarily have to be because we made a mistake and we 
feel bad about what we did. What we did might not even be bad. We might not think we did anything wrong. We're not apologizing for that. You can apologize for hurting the other person's feelings. Or if you can kind of understand how they interpreted what you said, even if it wasn't your intention, you did hurt them. And if you care about them, you do want to apologize for that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that you that you did something wrong. It might be, but it, it could just be that you want to repair the relationship and what you can be sorry for is what happened as a result of, of what was said or done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apologies are... They are important, and I think that often we get confused about why we're apologizing, so I think that's a really good tip. My tip is pretty random, but it is to just slow down sometimes, right? Whether it's when you're driving to work or driving home or if you're trying to rush through an activity to just try and slow down because we talk about this all the time, how we're in kind of a go, go, go environment. And I think it's so important to just slow down and really be mindful of what we're doing and to sort of enjoy the present moment that we're in. Um, And, you know, I think this can apply to communication in the sense that it's important to slow down and, and be present in that conversation with somebody in that communication. And, you know, it ties into a The idea of are you listening? Are you present with that person that you're talking to? So whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's driving, an activity, talking, slow down. Enjoy that moment. I think that was really relevant to communication. Yeah, somehow it came around. (laughs) I'm giving you a cyber high five. (laughs) Cyber high fiving back. (laughs) Which may be the nerdiest thing we've ever done. (laughs) So if anybody has any questions or comments or uh, suggestions for topics that you would like to hear about, we would love to hear from you. Please um, feel free to leave us a comment or shoot us an email and we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take it easy until then. See you later, guys.